What's going on, America? And welcome to a special edition of the Dear America podcast. On this episode, I am joined by Tommy Vexed lead singer of Bad Wolves. Now, for those of you who may not know who that is, have you ever heard the song Zombie, Zombie? I can't do it like uh, like he does. But if you've heard that song before, you know that they are a very, very, very famous rock band. And uh, we have some interesting conversations. And I enjoyed this episode because didn't agree with everything he said. Agreed with a good bit of what he said, but overall, it was a fascinating conversation and solid dude, really good dude. Um, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think we could probably have two or three more segments and hopefully he'll come back on, but we got to get into some sponsors So let's do that. First, I got to talk about our friends over at Liberty University. We, Dear America, have teamed up officially with Liberty University to bring you the options that you need to finish your degree or send your kids to homeschool. Right now, the world is upside down, and now is the best time to homeschool your kids. Go to liberty.edu slash Dear America right now and inquire about Liberty University or Liberty's homeschool online by clicking the special link or by typing in the link you can get your application fee absolutely waived go to liberty.edu slash dear america now all right and without further ado it is my fantastic honor and just a really cool opportunity to introduce one of my favorite vocalists in the rock music genre right now, Mr. Tommy Vex, the lead singer of Bad Wolves, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on, Dear America. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's good to be here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm stoked. Cool, Things man. All right. So let's get this out of the way first. All right. You have a majestic voice, all right? And, and let's just let's just go ahead and 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 get this out of the way. Uh, you've got bad wolves. Uh, most of my followers, most of the people that listen to this show, are pretty much all in the rock world. So I'm pretty sure that they're very familiar, at least with zombie, right? Because zombie is like the 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 thing that started it all. Uh, just really quick, and we've got a lot of things to talk about. I don't want this to be your normal interview. But just really quick, man, how did all that happen? How did you guys go from being just, you know, just another band to bam, where you are now? Well, it's a pretty, I mean, it's an interesting story. You know, at the time, I wasn't actively doing music professionally, you know. So I had, you know, I've been in in bands for 20 years. A lot of people, like the underground extreme metal fans, know my old band, Divine Heresy. Now I filled in for um, a punk band who's, um, I grew up listening to called Snot. Their singer had passed away 20 years ago, and I, I did their reunion tours, and um, and then you know I just kind of like, I took a break to focus on sobriety, and uh, I wound up, you know, spending years. I I opened a nonprofit organization, and I did that for a little bit. Then I got a job running a men's sober rehab facility in Santa Monica. Wow. And I got my old boss. Uh, discover me because it was his facility and started training me uh, to be a sober coach and a sober companion and a counselor. And uh, I did that from, I did that for about four years. Uh, and I worked with the Hollywood elite, a lot of celebrities, a lot of the 1%. It's a really weird 
weird um, kind of job, you know, and right. uh, I was good at it. And I think because my, I come from, you know, I come from very humble beginnings and I come from, you know, South Brooklyn. Uh, I grew up on the street and I have a pretty uh, gnarly story. And I kind of used my experience to help these more kind of privileged people understand that if I can get sober, they could too. And they right. have, and it kind of takes the excuses away. So fast forward to um, 2017, and um, I was working a case. I got a call from the guys on Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, I'd known Ivan. Ivan and I, I've known Ivan so long that we used to drink together. Really? And I've been sober 11 years. Yeah, me and Ivan actually got into a couple of fights together in Hollywood when no he first No kidding. Moved. Yeah, like there was a, like people would start fights at bars and we were the first two idiots to jump in. And, you know, 12 years later, you know, they give me a call and they're like, hey, man, like, you know. And so, you know, he, he asked me if I would go on tour with them and just hang out and just kind of just chill and, you know, be, be a positive influence and, and support sobriety and you know, and um, at that time, I was working on a studio project with John, my drummer, who's wasn't he's from Devil Driver, and I had opened up for him years before with Snot, and um, and Doc from God Forbid, who Doc and I have known each other twenty years, and uh, basically he sent me a bunch of songs, and I I I was doing a band, and I didn't want to do, I was too busy, right. and but the songs were so cool that I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this, and and then I had um. We, we made a record and we paid for it ourselves. And I, I wanted to do, um, you know, Ivan and Zoltan from Five Finger helped us get a record deal. And Zoe managed us. He still manages us. And, um, you know, I, I had to step in for Ivan for a little bit because he was he was really struggling. And, yeah. and for him, it was best for him that he did impatient to deal with his alcoholism. And I'm, I'm honestly, it's like such a, a different story because we see all these celebrities uh, getting pushed on stage or pushed in front of a camera and they don't get the help they need. Um, and I think Ivan made a really smart decision and he saved his own life. Yeah. And so wow. I wound up for the rest of that tour. Then the band kind of got put onto their label and I had recorded the cover of zombie because um, I heard it in a coffee shop and I was like, I remember, and I was like, man, this is, uh, this song's heavy. Yeah. And then, and I, and it was a, around the time of the Vegas shooting had happened and it was just like the message was very powerful. And then I started doing research about the song and it's actually an, an anti-terrorism song. Yeah. So it's the song um, Dolores wrote was about the IRA bombing in Warrington, England, uh, a factory bombing where two little boys were actually killed as collateral damage in this, um, in this, um, terrorist attack by the IRA and um, and we uh, we tracked the song and the label liked it and turns out the owner of my label used to manage the cranberries wow and the president of the English uh, the, the president of the the UK office reached out to Dolores we wanted her to just write something nice about it. So it wasn't like we were just doing this cover and we were like these chumps. Yeah. He lo she fell in love with the version. She was like, I'm, I'm, I'm singing on it. I want to sing on it. And we said, yeah, obviously like, you know, and, uh, and then she flew to London and, uh, you know, as a lot of people know, you know, um, we lost her on uh, January 7th of uh, 2018 
and there was a huge like there was I mean the bottom fell out I was a huge cranberries fan and I was devastated I had some I I had some weird feelings of guilt like you know it was a weird thing to process you know and right. I, I I was in a mind frame of like, well, if I never recorded this song, she never would have went to the hotel and she, you know, this or the other. And we all had to process the experience. And, you know, we talked to the label and they said we should put this song out. And we, as a band, we didn't feel comfortable. And the decision, you know, we came to a collective decision that we didn't want to make money. And, you know, I basically talked to the to the label owner and he agreed that we should donate all the proceeds to her family so we we put the song out and we made a video and um it was a really beautiful experience man and it was like it that's that day on set it felt like there was it felt like she was with us wow. especially when the actress ava got dressed in the gold and like put on the whole thing and it, uh, there was a lot of crying all, all day wow it, yeah and and i think it's it shows how much of, of you know, th th that's the thing. It's like people, I've said this before, like people don't mourn the death of an artist because we knew them. We mourn their death because they helped us know a piece of ourselves. And I think that she was so honest in her, in her you know, in her catalog and of who she was and fearless. Um, you know, the small Irish girl from Limerick who was standing up to this, these terrorist things. Right. Um, who who those people thought that they were doing the right thing because they felt they felt that they were fighting against oppression and you know we we're literally dealing with that now yeah we're literally dealing with with the the you know um, it's so crazy how it's like it's the same old scene in, in 2018 and then that you know and it, then it was 1916 and, and it, 2020 it's still happening and there's all there's people who are so delusional. Um, that they're willing to kill and destroy in order to feel some sense of restitution uh, because they've been kind of bamboozled. Yeah. Well, you know? no, it, 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 that's a that's a super powerful story. I didn't know all of that. Like, obviously, I knew some of the connections there, but I had no idea about that. And and I think that that story actually tells a lot about you guys, honestly, and your character and and your moral compass and things. And I, and and I appreciate you sharing that for 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 the audience. I always, you know, we've had a lot of. Um, a lot of rock and roll people, apparently rock and roll people like the show. And so we've had a lot of, we've had a lot of, yeah, we've had a lot of rock and roll guys. Uh, Ivan has been a fan of the show for a while. Uh, the Breaking Benjamin guys, things like that. And, and I really enjoy getting to hear, you know, the mindset behind what people were thinking when, when you know, and, and connecting it to these major songs that we've connected to. Um, a, a good friend of mine said that, uh, music is so powerful because you will never connect to anything the way that you connected to music in, in, in those prime formative years. And that's why music becomes so powerful to so many people is because it takes you to this place. It takes you to this time, whether you're dealing with sobriety or drug addiction or uh, a, a messed up relationship, what, whatever it is, music becomes that thing to where, you know, I can listen to a certain song and Bam, I'm in Iraq. 
you know, automatically right there. I mean, I know exactly where I was, what I was doing. And I've always been a major fan of, of, of music and of artists in particular. And I appreciate you saying and, and sharing with that. Here's the thing about home security companies. Most trap you with high prices, tricky contracts, and lousy customer support. So while there are a lot of options out there, there's only one no-brainer. Simply Safe is super easy, guys. Look, I'm an idiot. I'm not what you call a handy man, but it's super simple. You, you, you take it out of the box. You stick it to your doors. It's got a little alarm system that's in there, and it's all connected Bluetooth-like electronically. It's super easy and convenient, and it keeps your home safe. Professional monitoring keeps watch day and night, ready to send police, fire, or medical professionals if there's an emergency. And there's no contract, no pushy sales guys, no hidden fees, no fine print. All this starts at $15 a month. I'm not the only one who thinks Simply Safe is great. U.S. News and World Report named it the best overall home security of 2020. Try Simply Safe today at simplysafe.com slash Dear America, you get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. There's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash Dear America. I'd like to dig in a little bit. You said you're from Brooklyn originally and humble beginnings there. Uh, And the reason that I'd like the audience, if you're comfortable with it, to hear a little bit about that is because you have really stepped out in kind of uncharted territory. There's a lot of people that are in your position in the music industry that feel very much the same way that we feel. But for some reason, they 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 choose not to speak on it. And you have kind of done the opposite of that. So so before we get into that part, I, I'd love just to hear a little bit about, you know, Brooklyn and, and, and how how Tommy Vex came to be. Yeah, I mean, well, I, uh, you know, a lot of people know I have a twin brother. Um, I was born in Greenpoint Hospital, which is not no longer there. And um um, I, what I know of my birth mother, she was a junkie. She abandoned my brother and I at the hospital. Wow. Yeah. Hi. And then, um, my parents, my, my father was a Vietnam vet and my mom had quit a job doing accounting, um, for some corporate, some, some corporation in, uh, on wall street. Um, and they had, she quit her job to be a stay at home mom. They were supposed to adopt one baby, uh, and the adoption agency didn't want to separate us. Uh, so right. they took, and uh, my dad raised a family of five. They and they, uh, when I was four, they adopted my sister. You know, my dad raised a family of five um, on a, on a janitor's salary. You wow. know, and and there was no, you know, we grew up in a in an it was a predominantly white neighborhood that bordered on the projects. So there was like the the whole area had a very different mix, like cultural mix. So there was like, there was African American. And then within our neighborhood, there was a lot of Irish and Italian. And it was kind of like mobstery. Really? Uh, Yeah. But, and then, but in the nineties, there was kind of this break where it's like the eighties, there was a definitive, there was, we, you know, I went to in kindergarten and, and, um, preschool and I, we had segregated lunch still. Really? And yeah, and segregated lunch was under the guise of, of, um, basically they separated us by who brought lunch to school. So if the, if the, the working class 
white families could afford to send their kids to school with a sandwich, they would eat at a different auditor in the auditorium. And the government hot food was for the 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 low income African American kids who were who came to that school too. Wow. So it was very and and for me it was like a lot of kids were very confused. So was I am they were you know are you white or are you black? And I'm like I didn't even know because my my parents don't there's no they don't see race right. They well, I was going to ask were you uh, are your adoptive parents African American or are they they. they... I'm, my parent, my adopted parents are are white, okay. but we have. I you know I grew up with with black cousins and an Indian cousin because other my my mother's aunts and uncles and stuff, they were Italian and they they adopted kids like right. we. It was just a thing. They were kid, kids needed a home and they that's what was going on. So yeah, we had multicultural mixed family. You know my my brother and I are, are black and white. My sister is Puerto Rican and white. You know my cousin Thomas was from India. And cousin Raymond and Michelle were black and Puerto Rican, and our parents were Irish, Italian. A little bit uh, of everything. Yeah, like uh, uh, Danish. My mother's half Danish, and you know, and whatever. So um, within the within the family, that's not wasn't irregular, but outside of that, uh, it was it was strange for other kids to see. You know, they didn't right. understand what it was. So you know, that was kind of like my first introductory introductory. Idea into race, so I really didn't, um, and I, I I did like it's funny in in Marker Gate that's what they're calling it. Yeah, we're gonna so, talk about that you know, here soon. Yeah, yeah I, I I explained I said some things on purpose to manipulate the the liberal media that I deal with on, on a weekly basis. Like I do interviews all the time right. with these these publications, and I know how they behave. And so I gave them something they could try to, you know, I put myself in front of a firing line for their egos so they could try to, you know, talk shit, saying that racism was manufactured and it wasn't real. It's not the case. Um, I'm just smart enough to do what I got to do to get the point across. And 37 right. million views later. Oh, yeah. I think I think I think you got 16 million of those from us because we posted you on our on our pages as well. So, yeah. <laughs> You guys, Tito Ortiz, Jenna Jameson, and then the then like all the plethora of you know from uh, uh, David Harris Jr. and like, you know it oh, just yeah. was great like, people, man. Th those guys are those guys are all, awesome. All the Patriots, you know. Um, so anyway, uh, I got my my uh, my brother was had mental illness problems, you know, and he was getting institutionalized for extreme violence and torturing animals and setting fires and hurting my, my mother and my sister and, and me. Uh, and my, it was so intense that it caused my father to relapse. My dad had been sober for 20 years. Um, and he had gotten sober after Vietnam. And when my dad drank, it was like a whole other dude was there. Yeah. And my mom took my sister and she moved, um, to get away from my brother and me and my dad. And they left me with my, with them and, you know, I just like I went from being a straight A student in one of the highest classes to, you know, selling drugs and being in a band and hanging out on the street corner and getting high. And uh, my adolescence, there was so much violence in my house. It was much safer to be out with a bunch of other people in case anything happened. And, you know, that's just how it was. And, uh, you know, I got we got our kicked by the cops. Sometimes the cops bring you home and then your parents would beat the shit. Do you have to <laughs> yeah 
you know, but it was like the, the premise was different because I feel like law enforcement were they lived in the neighborhoods that they patrolled in Brooklyn. And so you knew they knew you and you knew them. And it was like they, it was more peace officers. I think after, uh, you know, I, what I from on the other side, what a lot of people have complained about so much is I think post 9-11, there was a more militarization and arming of law enforcement, um, which I think was necessary. But I don't that seems to be the argument of yeah. of wanting to defund the police um which to me if you grew up where i grew up uh you never want to defund the police most people who are saying this don't know psychopaths murderers um rapists i mean then i i grew up with people like this a lot of people i grew up with are dead or in jail and so people don't you know and so you know sometimes if i say something political i get these like little like literal li- literally these little kids these like liberal kids who are like i'll kill you and i'm like dude you're flying under a banner of like oh we got to stop racism the only way to stop racism is to tag white people and then say white people can't talk yeah and i'm like how you know if you how can you constitute anything that you anything that you're saying about abolishing racism but using racial racist tactics to silence a race of people because of their skin. It's absurd. It's insanity. And, 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 and I'm glad that you, that that you've kind of swerved it this direction because that, you know, I think this really sets a precedent. Um, You know, I don't know how much you've listened to the show, but the audience knows a lot. This is a really cool starting point for us to go. Um, I'm just about as white as it gets from Southern Mississippi. Um, You know, my upbringing, I, you know, I, I ended up getting taken out of my home. My father, had his run-ins with law, drug problems, things like that. My mother had mental issues uh, growing up. So I ended up being sent off with my grandparents, et cetera. Um, I never went to college. The only way that I was going to get out of Mississippi was to join the military. That was it. And then by 19 years old, I'm in Iraq. And that was my privilege, so to speak, is, is you know, getting out. So uh, well, we, we could not have – go ahead. I, I do want to bring up the okay, – I want to – talk about this concept of what white privilege is okay Um, please so there is no such thing as white privilege and what the left the far left and the um black lives matter uh not the movement we need to not the movement the corporation yes exactly there there is a very big difference yes Marxist fundraising corporation that organizes militarized protests to raise money for the DNC, that Black Lives Matter, what they what they're trying to do with this with this terminology of white privilege is it's a form of suppression and silencing. Now, there is no such thing as white privilege. There are more poor white people in America than poor black people. And the the reality is, is anyone in power, if all the poor people realize they have more in common with each other than they do with their slave masters, because to a degree, we are free in this country, yet we are all slaves. And anyone living in a democratic city or state is learning that as they can break the constitution and strip our freedoms under the guise of a, of a health crisis that doesn't exist. Very true. Period. White privilege is a phenomenon that liberals and communists and Marxists 
are using to silence any patriot who stands up for the Constitution, any patriot who, any person who questions the narrative, any person who contests, and even I have gone through this. Now, these people are out here screaming Black Lives Matter. I'm black. And when I exposed in a in a diagram with with my friends kids markers what could potentially be happening i didn't know this was all just research and conspiracy theory and i just made a video of it i was i lost a $250,000 book deal wow a $30,000 a year uh speaker and microphone endorsement by jbl and akg terminated my contract uh, I was told by the um, the American Broadcast Association, people from there, and Spotify and Apple contacted the owner of my label and said that if I don't take the video down, I'll be blacklisted for the rest of my career. And then I couldn't even make the decision to take the video down because Facebook and Instagram did it for me. Wow. See, see, now that's crazy. Now, see, that's the stuff that people don't understand. When, when, when people take a stand for what they, they believe to be right and they want to call out what they're seeing, how can people talk about that there's privilege in certain areas when one side can say whatever they want? No matter what it is, they can say whatever. The NFL just comes out yesterday saying that they're going to play the black national anthem before the national anthem on every game of week one. If, if, if the right had come out and said, you know what I think would be a good idea for us to play the white national anthem first, the, the entire world would have burned down. If you had come well, out and said that Black Lives Matter is the greatest thing, you probably would have gotten a million-dollar contract from somebody. Yeah, but the thing is is that it's there's a narrative, and also these uh, – okay – Every major corporation is financially invested in dethroning Trump. Yep. They want about and what you know, I'm not I'm not a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. I used to be a Democrat, I'm not a Democrat anymore. I don't believe the Democratic Party represents democracy. Yeah. I think the new the new millennium Democratic Party is uh is a veil of communism uh, under under another curtain of socialism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And like, I have a friend who's like really into Marxism and he's like, thinks this is great. And I'm like, all right, all right, cool. I, 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 because I respect the constitution, I think everyone has a right to believe whatever they believe and say whatever they want to say. But if I say something that's not in line with, you know, your racial gender identity or politics, whatever, like, I'm the I'm the antichrist like they don't want anyone like God forbid uh, a, a, a black person is doesn't believe the shit that he's being fed. Yeah, they're, they're feeding us this bull. And if you statistically look and look, I'm going to be real with you. Like, should George Floyd have been murdered? No. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, uh, I would nobody, say ninety-eight percent of the world. Yeah, so I, go he, ahead. yeah. Nobody said that he he should have been killed, and the police were arrested. Their badges were taken away, but we rioted before 
there was a verdict. And why did we riot? Why was it orchestrated and executed? Because it was a fundraising plot for the DNC who was running out of money, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, that, no, I mean, it, it makes sense. My video talking about the very thing, the Act Blue, the service that's running uh, when you donate to Black Lives Matter, Facebook labeled me as false for that video, uh, which, which which it is in the bylaws of Act Blue that it says any unclaimed money, which unclaimed money in charity can be literally anything. But here's the, here, well, Go ahead. They're not a 501c3. Yeah, Black Lives Matter is not. You're right. Exactly. That's why they use Act Blue. I had one. I went through, I had a nonprofit organization. They are not a 501c3. They're a a corporation with no address. Yeah. Yeah. And they're using a 501c3 that's owned and controlled by the DNC because that's the whole purpose of Act Blue is to Mm -hmm. gain money for the Democratic Party to raise their money through. Which is money laundering, by the way. You can't. You're not. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to have a for-profit corporation business collect your donations through a 501c3 and then not have to pay taxes on it. But that's what communism is. Communism is when corporation and government have no separation. Yeah. Exactly. People don't understand the implications of that, and you know, it's just like we can talk all day about that, and that you know, and it's just like. You know, people are like, you didn't do this. You didn't like you. Did you march? I'm like, no, you know what I did? I rounded up like 15 or 16 dudes with guns and I hung out at the marches in case it popped off. Yeah. And you and guys that, also went around and cleaned up afterwards. Oh, too. Yeah. oh yeah. I, I spent hours, hours and hours with, I bought bags and shovels and, and, and brooms and cleaned up the mess. Yeah. The most embarrassed I've ever been to be an American was cleaning up those stores. It was so, it was, I was ashamed. Yeah. Like, God, this is like, it's all coming out, you know? And so, you know, I get my, my, these are, this is how I feel about things. And, and, you know, the thing is that if you, if you talk about this, so when earlier you were saying a lot of people are not saying anything, they're not allowed. Yeah. So there's, is I got an alphabetical order list of celebrities of the of like the highest caliber who reached out to me and said thank you. Yeah, say, yes, exactly, all the time. Because but they know if they speak up, they're over, they're yeah. canceled. And for whatever reason, whether they buy Trump is racist or they buy Trump is a hateful bigot or they or they just hate him or whatever, um, that's they're on that side. And they're on that side of history. And and everyone who's in the middle, we have to suffer. It, everybody suffers. It, it, I mean, dude, I just left the gym and I refuse to wear a mask. Yeah. I go to the Mecca and I'm like, I, ha- I have asthma. I have a, a legal do- document. I wear one of these and I have emphysema. And I'm like, I'm not wearing a mask. And they're yeah. like, well, we'll call the cops. I'm like, they defunded the police. Call the cops. I'm like, who are you going to call? Yeah. I volunteer. Santa Monica Police Department and the Narcotics Division going to high schools teaching kids anti-drug and alcohol policy. Come call them. I'm yeah. like, I wonder if it's working. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's Friday. Like I'm like, go good. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna get it. Like I'm gonna get a cameraman, and I'm gonna go to the gym and work out. And and if they have to call the police, I mean, the and the thing is, the gym is on our side. They're like, we need to expose this. And even if you can't even sue the gym, you because you'll be suing the, the city. 
Yeah. You'll sue the city health department. And the funny thing is, is that you walk outside the gym and there are 70 homeless drug addicts living on the street in front of the gym all around the blocks. And a lot of them are veterans and they're suffering from mental health. They're suffering from addiction. They've been abandoned and, and abused by the system. Yeah. And the health department is trying to say that taxpaying citizens who are at like, it's gold. These are the most elite athletes in the world at this gym, the most healthiest people in the world. And you're saying we are the ones at risk to spread COVID-19. First of all, every single person who marched for Black Lives Matter, shame on you. Shame on you. Not because you stood up for what's right, because you you completely ignored the fact that we're in some pandemic. Yeah. And now we have another spike and your selfishness and your the, your inability to wait for a verdict. Yep. And your complete troglodytic mind, your monkey mind, your caveman mind, influenced by the media, influenced by your leaders, your side, sent you out to put your own lives at risk yeah. and everyone else's and then continue to further destroy the economy, initializing another shutdown. Yeah, that, that, yeah, 17 states already are trying to shut things or have already shut things back down. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I completely Period. agree. All right, record numbers of people are buying guns and ammunition for the first time. If you were one of them, please be safe and please holster that new handgun in a We the People holster. Starting at just $39, We the People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly and made right here in America. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters. Their proprietary clip design allows for you to easily adjust both the cant and ride of your holster and will fit comfortably and securely at all times times go to we the people holsters.com slash gram to get yours every holster ships free and comes with a lifetime guarantee get an additional ten dollars off with the offer code g-r-a-h-a-m satisfaction is guaranteed if it's not perfect send it back for a total refund that's we the people holsters.com slash gram we the people holsters.com slash gram offer code gram the thing that pisses me off the most is the media narratives around it though still to this day they are stating and they are showing that there is absolutely nothing, no evidence of any kind to show that all of the riots led to any spike of COVID-19. But yet the opening of gyms and businesses did. And still to this day, that's what they're sticking so people, with. So people need to pay attention to this. The reason why they're reserving the right to have an, another, another riot. And so... What you're going to see is, well, let's look at what's already happened. We, they defunded the police in democratic cities, right? They, yep. But what police, who did they defund in L.A.? Do you know? Uh-uh. I oh, oh, they, well, they, well, it's interesting. They didn't defund the beat cops or the traffic ticket department or the meter maids. They defunded the sex trafficking. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes you're right. Yes, I did know that. Yes. So they defunded the Parks Department, Parks and Rec, and they defunded the the SBU. So if you get raped, sorry. Huh. If you if your kid goes missing, uh, we gotta get we'll send a squad car out at some point. 
And this is very interesting for Los Angeles County. Galen Maxwell was apprehended this week. Yeah. Yep. She has the flight log of the people who visited Epstein's Island are among the Hollywood elite. Yeah. As well as some politicians. Yeah. So, again, what do we know about BLM? They are a militarized Marxist company. Yep. Their job is to rally people under a guise of racial inequality to distract anyone from finding out what's going on. And so what did they do? They successfully caused enough drama. They were going to defund the police anyway, but the Black Lives Matter is the show for everyone to put the dots together. They're leading us on. It's like a carrot over a donkey. You can't just defund the police. You need all this stuff to happen. Yeah. But why would you defund the child sex trafficking department? Those people have never shot a black man in their life. They've never killed an African-American person ever. They go after pedophiles. Yeah. So why would you defund them? Well, it, well, there are well, those are the least danger to the community. If you consider law enforcement to be a danger to c- your community, okay. And let me tell you something else: pedophiles don't have a racial preference. Yeah. So th- your kids, your children's black lives, do they matter? Because in in Wisconsin last week, what happened? A little girl was kidnapped, and her parents found her iPhone through Find My iPhone, and the neighbors broke into the man's house, rescued all the girls. Multiple children were being held captive in a dungeon in this house, in the hood, and they burned it to the ground. It wasn't on the news, but it was all over social media Yeah, because witnesses were filming the whole thing. Yeah. I, you know, we had Yaku Buyans on the show a couple months ago. I don't know if you know who that is. Um, he, he runs, uh, he, he does exactly what you're saying right now. He is one of the guys that they, they hunt these people and they go in there kicking in doors with AR-15s and they go, you know, put a knee metaphor, well, not metaphorically, they literally go put a knee on these guys' necks that are doing these sex trafficking, uh, child raping, things like this. And he was telling me that in 2020, believe it or not, the most at-risk kids for child trafficking, sex trafficking, or rape are actually two-parent-homed children in 2020 because of social media and because of the fact that parents are wanting to not be parents anymore. They're wanting to be friends and they're just letting their kids go do whatever they want to do. And they're 13 years old. So they are might as well be grown. So sure you can go here and you can do this and you can do that. And it is absolutely, I get, I get like, like I have a really, really intense mental stomach connection and it makes me physically sick. Like to think, about it like, like it truly does i've got three children familiar? and it makes me sick are you familiar with alicia's law i am not to educate me so uh, alicia kozak was a 13 year old girl she's now an advocate and a and a speaker and an educator she was the same she was a uh, at 13 she was lured from the internet to meet another kid who turned out to be a 35 year old pedophile that locked her in a dungeon and she was she was recovered, um, and you know she spent spent 
years and years of her life, you know, putting the pieces back together and speaking out. Um, I actually just put her in touch with um, with Laura Burke, who used to work in the Dallas. Yep. Uh, tra- yeah, I know Laura. Good, good people. Good people. Yeah. So, you know, so there we're all working to kind of get her her voice out there more because her the, the value, the educational value of, of Alicia's experience is she's a survivor. And the problem is, like what you said, parents don't realize that, you know, they're not it's not about going to school and going to the park so much yeah. as now, you know, these these online predators they pretend to be kids. They make catfish profiles and they get other kids to meet up with them to be friends. Yeah. And when they're alone, they hijack them. Yeah. Over 800,000 children go missing in America every year. <sighs> if you're not, if you're not recovered within 24 hours, I think there's you, you there's an 80% chance that they'll never find you. It's crazy. You know, it, it, it's, and if 800,000 kids got COVID-19, uh, we'd all be locked in our houses for the next 10 years willingly. And I would too, yeah. but there's attention being brought to this. The other thing that people don't realize is statistically, you know, during, during the Obama administration, the average uh, sex trafficking pedophile arrests range from 300 people a year to 1200. Yeah. In 2020 already over 10,525 pedophiles and sex offenders have been apprehended and we're not even halfway through the year. Yeah. So if you don't, it, there is definitely something greater going on that yeah. we are, that we don't understand. None of us know. I don't know. Uh, but something's going on. There is a criminal enterprise, you know, and it's been, my contacts have explained to me that this is, has a lot to do with during the war on drugs it became uh, more. It, it became more lucrative to traffic people yeah. than it is to sell drugs. Well, that's what Yaku was saying. He was saying that, that that a household with four kids that's a million dollar a year business. That's what he was saying. It's two hundred fifty grand a kid, and, yeah, and uh, it's crazy. After they're done when the after they're done abusing the children, they there's a network that harvests the organs and parts. It's terrible. And, uh, and this is like, you know, so, and a lot of people don't, I mean, I, it's so hard to, I, I have to be careful about what I say, but, you know, people who are freaking out about the, all the people, you know, the, the um, immigrants from Mexico who were detained and they separated them from their kids. And it was this big thing all over the news. Yeah. And the way that it has been explained to me is that those people those were not their kids. No. Yeah. Oh, no. No, absolutely not. There, there are. No, that's proven. Are, that's a proven thing. Yeah. Those kids had no idea who those people were. Yeah. And so the adults, they, they, you know, the news made this whole thing like, oh, Trump is racist and he's separating uh, all these Im- illegal immigrants from their children. No, they're not. They're separating them to make sure whose parent is who and who's being trafficked yep. and send them back to their families. But you will never see that on the news because the news is invested in getting and in, in making him look a certain way, which you have to wonder why. And when you start to look into it further, you start realizing I talked about it in the marker video. There's a lot of this, you know, 
trillions and trillions of dollars have been lost as a result of these tariffs put on other countries who are importing goods that are extracting from the American economy. So these massive companies are, are paying higher prices for imported goods from China because the taxes have to go back to America, yep. which helps fix our economy and get us out of economic debt with that nation, um, which there's been a, 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 an extraction of our economy for, for well, since probably, I don't know, nine, the late 90s, or early 2000s. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even back in the early 90s, uh, Donald Trump was talking about the fact that China, that we need to pay attention to what's going on with China and how that we're becoming less and less uh, dependent on ourselves and we're putting everything towards China. Uh, Donald Trump is, and, and, and I've had the opportunity to meet the guy a couple times, Donald Trump is not perfect. Okay, he's not. No one is. And, and that's a problem that I think we have in society in general right now, Tom. And, and, and I'd love your opinion on this. This isn't like big, big corporate conspiracy things, but, but this is like on the small level that I think is leading to a lot of this right now. People think that people have to be perfect or they're bad people. And uh, it's almost like in 2020, we're finding out that, you know, the founding fathers that wrote the Constitution— they had slaves. They hadn't abolished slavery yet. And so now we have to get rid of that. They're finding out that it's a project. Listen, let me let me get to the let me just cut through the bullshit for okay. the psychological level. Um, this whole. Um, this reaction is a projection of people's own shame. Now, I'm going to be real with you. If everybody put all their problems in the middle of a room for the whole world to see, we would all take them back and put them in our pockets. The witch hunt, it's, if you go, if you've ever been to Salem, Massachusetts, the way that they uh, describe how the witch hunt happens is that there is a religious persecution through after the accusation is made that someone is a witch and other people who are guilty of being imperfect Christians or just imperfect humans need somebody to take the fall. Yeah. So they witch hunted, they, you know, and they burn these women, they drown them. And if they put women in a wood box and put them in the river, and if they didn't drown, they were definitely a witch and then they would burn them. And if they died, they would send your family a sorry note. Yeah. That, oh, so it's like, what, was a witch. what the crap is that? Yeah, it's terrible. But you, but in order to understand the master, like the masterminds of this psychology of this, we're in a silent war. It's known, like the the Pentagon knows it, the FBI knows that we are in a silent war. There is a silent war for power and control over this country. And it's just where the citizens are going to suffer. We're gonna, you know, and and again, so my predictions are, there's gonna be a new virus. It's probably gonna be more serious. And they're going to, you know, be like, oh, well, people didn't do this. And now it's never going to be any it's never going to be the truth. You know, the, even the idea that COVID-19 may could have been released as a viral weapon, as a biological warfare tactic on the American people and on the global community. You can't even talk about that. That's insane. Right. But yeah. what do we know? what happened when COVID hit. When we went into lockdown, it was the biggest redistribution of wealth in global history since the Great Depression. So the markets, if you follow the stock market, it moved, it went down. 
and it jumped right back up because 80% of the stock market shareholders are the 1%. Yeah. Amazon made money and AT&T and everything, streaming services, Netflix, the, the entertainment industry, you know, the, the, no, we, we didn't get to not pay rent. We didn't get free food. Yeah. Didn't get to work and have the economy putting money back into us. And it's going to run out. The unemployment's going to run out. There's not going to be any more stimulus checks. Yeah. And, and 1200 bucks after three months does what? Yeah. Well, listen, you, I mean, you know, people don't realize you can't even afford to buy. Like my old apartment in Santa Monica was $4,100 a month for a one bedroom that I split with my ex-girlfriend. That's that's. That's the white privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's what you like. And it's insanity. Texas, same way. When we were living in Texas, our house that that, that we were at was, was four grand, four grand a month, Mm -hmm. just, just for the house. That's not utilities. That's not cable. That's not food. That's not nothing. $4,000. I hear, hear, but so it's just, it goes to show you the, the, what you can be psychologically trained as acceptability. Like $4,000 for a house is like, man, I got to move there. I've been instructed to, to move out of L.A. There's going to be serious problems in major Democratic cities, serious, talking about. And when I say serious, I mean firefights, like gunfire in the street. All these fireworks that are happening. I posted on Facebook last week. I was like, is anybody else noticing all these fireworks for the past month? It's been happening for a month. Yeah. As- it has nothing to do with Fourth of July. Fireworks are illegal. I've been in California 14 years. I've never heard a goddamn firework in my entire life other than the big fireworks spectacular that they have. That's now banned. Yeah. Right? So what did that what does that do? What does it do? Well, it 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 psychologically keeps you awake, keeps you anxious, keeps you on your toes, but it also desensitizes you over time to the sound of gunfire. They're also, you know, so this is what, and again, it sounds crazy. If someone tells me something and, and I don't believe them and then it happens once, I'm like, okay, this guy might know what he's talking about. If they tell me twice and it happens, I'm like, Holy, the, by the fourth or fifth time, I'm in. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, obviously something I don't know. So, you know, this is a, you know, and it's like, it's not, I'm not trying to freak people out, but if, if you're not in a Second Amendment state or city, like, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Oh, yes. Who are like living in the woods, like shooting targets. Like they think they're going to change the world. Yep. They're not on their medication and their mummies and daddies. And I hear to wipe their little tushies and that. And like, they're, they think that they're, you know, they watch play too many video games and they, they're indoctrinated into Marxism and they think they're going to be the revolution. Tommy, I have this conversation with people all over the country, everywhere. Every time I go to these D one, just socialistic indoctrinated campuses across the country. Every time my major thing that I'm talking about to them is I'm talking about the second amendment and the importance of the second amendment and the number one de facto thing that everybody says when I say, you know, the second amendment is the most important one. And this is why I believe that I believe the second amendment is the most important because the first amendment is amazing and it's great. But what happens when the government says you can't do that anymore? They're already doing it in certain places. You can't say certain words. can't call people certain things. If you do, there's fines. You go to jail. Let me explain to you the severity of California. You're not allowed to sing in church. 
Not allowed to sing in. This is this is a real governor mandate. Singing in church is wait, now wait, a, wait, 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 hold on. So, so, <laughs> so, so you mean like 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 actual church? Like you're at church? Yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Yes. So you def. So let's just. Go, What's let's the just thought? Talk. What's the thought behind that? Well, let me just let's just talk about this. Let's talk about some weird things. Okay. <laughs> Defund the police to save the African American community from police brutality, but you don't actually defund or minimize the patrol officers. You change them to unarmed peace officers. Good luck with that. Oh my gosh. Who, who do you defund? You defund the sex trafficking unit and the sex crimes victims unit. Okay, that's weird. Black Lives Matter. Take down statues. Statues are racist. Oh, take them down. We take them down. We're all sitting here like, what is going on? Take down the statues. We got to take them down. We got to get rid of Jesus. Oh, yeah. wait. Wait, 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 wait. What does Jesus have to do with anything? Well, well Jesus is racist because uh, he looks like he's white, and that's not what Jesus really looked like. I'm like... Well, there's 42 different versions of Jesus yep. throughout the course of history. And Jesus is also black. He's Chinese. He's Japanese. He's Indian. Every artist who depicted Christ depicted Christ thousands of hundreds of hundreds or thousands of years ago. But you want to get rid of the statues of Jesus and you don't want singing in church. And now there's all this. And now, and now it's all coming out. There's been 10,000 sex trafficking pedophile ring arrests. And so you can't say that that's not happening. We know that 800,000 kids go missing in the United States every year. We know that they're being funneled from across the border because it's easier to make kids disappear as organ donors if they don't have a, a, any, any birth certificate. Uh, and there's all these Hollywood whistleblowers who coming forward and then being silenced talking about Luciferian rituals. And this is the tinfoil hat moment where yeah. people like, I, if you asked me this a month ago, I'd be like, that is the most insane thing I've ever heard <laughs> until it's, but, but two months before that, if you told me, Oh, well, they're going to release this virus so they can, um, they can crash the American dollar and, and basically defraud the dollar and force everyone into cryptocurrency and have one world globalized government, I'd be like, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So 2020 month to month is just the craziest thing I've ever heard coming true. Yeah. And then the, another crazy thing that I've never heard coming true. And I'm like, okay, that's really weird. And maybe I'm like nuts, but I would, I would much rather be wrong. Like I desperately want to be wrong. I don't want to be right. I'm not out here saying this like I know. I'm saying, yo, this is crazy. And the more that I look into things and the more people who reach out to me, the more information I get. And I'm like, yo, this is terrifying. Yeah. Uh, well, Why do you want Go ahead. I was just saying, we say over here, it's like every month is like the next level of Jumanji over here. Like it, like something <laughs> something new and horrible is coming. I just got a notification, by the way, odd, odd 
push in here. Uh, you guys just published a new a new post on your Patreon account. We are a Bad Wolves Patreon uh, subscriber over here, very much. So uh, anyway, that was random. Uh, let me yeah, ask yeah. you. Let, let me ask you something though. That's a whole other thing. Everybody's mad because they got to pay for the for the cover album. They got to stream it. God forbid people actually have to help you like pay your bills but either way uh let me ask you something societal for for a minute let, let, let let's let let's tear down all this let's leave the media out of it for a minute let's leave all this stuff let, let's leave ju- just even me and you sitting here talking right now just having a conversation two completely different people from completely different backgrounds uh we're actually a lot similar in a lot of ways i got an inhaler right here i got asthma myself uh i volunteer with uh, there it is there it is i volunteer with the police department the sheriff's department here um you know which i must say that we arrest 10 to 1 white people but you know people don't want to hear that anyway um to me one of the biggest issues and one of the biggest things that bother me the most in 2020, and this is what I like to believe that I try to fight against the most, is the okay. fact that if people, if me and you dug far enough, I would venture to say we probably would agree on maybe 70, 75% of things, maybe, you know, when it's all sure. said and done. But, 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 but you're never going to agree 100% with everybody about everything. And today, it seems like if we disagree on anything, we have to be these mortal enemies. We're immediately stupid or racist or, or, or bigots or whatever. It, 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 it seems like we just cannot agree to disagree on certain things and just be as people. It's, it's because of a lack of humility. And the way that the human ego works is that the ego is basically the worst thing for us, right? We need the ego because it's the part of us that kicks in to survive. But we're not living, you know, there's a really good book called um, Stapien uh, that you should check out. I'll, I'll okay. send you a link. Yeah, but, yeah. But, the, you know, I, I, I read stuff like that. I read Eckhart Tolle and I, I understand the, the the ego is a, it believes that we're separate. And so, People who are proven, you know, if you have a, if you're dependent, if your whole idea of yourself is dependent on your ego, if someone proves you wrong, or if you're wrong, your ego dies. So it has to die. So the ego will fight online. It will fight, you know, it'll fight and fight and fight because it needs to be right. See, with me, I practice because I do have an ego and I am successful and I am I'm talented. And I'm like, I have a lot of attributes, but I have a lot of shortcomings. I have to keep my ego in check. So part of my recovery is turning my life over and my will to something greater. Do I understand what that is? Not necessarily, but have I've had a near death experience. I died. I went to another place. I, I have had the unique, I have had the experience of returning from understanding that this isn't it. And that, the ego is just here. It's just part an evolutionary part of us to drive us to stay alive. But we don't we're not constantly in threat of being destroyed. So we as we become more sophisticated in society and as we become more sophisticated uh, as we evolve as as animals, the ego becomes less and less valuable 
So attaching itself to politics or attaching itself to identity politics, race, religion, whatever, the, is the new form of it being allowed to stay alive. Because the reality is, is that if all of us realize that we're all part of the same greater thing, uh, you know, the, not the meaning of life, but the nature of life, the, the, the existence that it, it, it is. Right. I think, therefore, I am. It's I am, therefore, I can think. Yeah. And so there wouldn't be, there would be no ability to be at combat over, um, over a series of, of beliefs or disbeliefs. So there's, so with me, you know, I'm in a band with a guitar player. My guitar player is, I mean, he would jump on a grenade if someone threw it at Hillary Clinton and like he, but that's his, his gig. And, and he is a, he's a smart person. And he's a very talented person. Yeah. And those are his beliefs. Yeah. So I have no right to tell him how he should think or how he should feel. Right. And I and I won't silence him. Yeah. And I won't downplay and nothing anyone can say will make me hate this man because he is a good and decent man. And we've been friends for twenty years. We don't have to agree. Yeah. We don't have to. No, that's and powerful, if, man. I mean, that, that, that that's the truth. Uh, I, I agree with that completely. Um, I think that, that what you just said is something that America or the world just needs to pay attention to. Uh, I would like to believe that, that belief-wise, basic beliefs of, of what makes Graham Graham have been pretty consistent my entire life. But you would be amazed by the people that I grew up with, that we were brothers or sisters or whatever uh, for 20 years, that now all of a sudden that it's like, it's like, you know, they can't even believe the kind of person that I am and they've completely just disowned. I'm the same guy that I was 20 yeah, years ago. Well, it's like, you know, if you are not, it's almost like being pro Thanos in Endgame. <laughs> so, like, if you if you are not a hundred percent opposed to Trump, then you are pro annihilation. And and so the left have done. Um, I mean, I have to. T I get tip my hat to them. What a man what a magnificent oh, yeah. psychological manipulation of a, a mass of people through every tributary and every possible um, platform of influence to create a boogeyman out of somebody who is uncouth, unprofessional, uh, arrogant, narcissistic. Sure. Sure. Yeah, sure. But, <laughs> but, but somebody who doesn't want to see the totalitarian tiptoe fulfill its prophecy. Yeah. You well, know, and so I agree, man. I, I agree. I, I think what a job they've done. Yeah, no, no. I mean, you got to tip your hat, you know, and it's, and it's funny because they still, they still can't get everybody because there are just some people who are just like, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. People who have emotional and spiritual intuition really struggle to be like, you know, a, a, a dictator 
never shows up as a dictator. Correct. The dictator, like Lucifer, will like you know the 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 Antichrist shows up as the as Christ. Yeah, everybody loves him, and then mm-hmm. and then it turns really bad really quick. Yeah, it, it, exactly. I I've had that same argument a lot with people as well. Uh, look. Man, we we are we are getting close to the end of of this show here. Man, what an interesting guy you are. Like I said, I had a lot of respect for you musically. I had a lot of respect for you um, when you started stating what you believe. Uh, but man, I really enjoyed just hearing uh, you know how your mind works and, and and what you think and your experiences. I I'd love to have a part two or probably part three. Uh, there's probably a lot of things that we could talk about. Um, and, and I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us. What, what is next for you guys with all this COVID-19 stuff going on? I mean, I mean, what, what, what how can people support you and bad wolves and, and what you guys are doing? Um, well, basically, well, thank you. Thank you for having me. And thanks everybody for tuning in and, um, for everyone who supports free speech, no matter what it looks like, whether it is your politics or not, like, you know, thank you for supporting, uh, freedom of speech. Um, if you want to support bad wolves music, we have a Patreon. You can follow me at, at Tommy vexed, uh, on Instagram. That's where most of the information where I post, um, about these topics is. Uh, there's some on Facebook, but there's um, I don't know if you're aware of the uh, troll farms. There are political based troll farms that flag anyone talking against the status quo mm-hmm. and they will your followers with arguments. And it's, a, it's they're machines. They're yeah. not they're not real people. So it confuses people. Um, so I don't really post on Facebook too much. And then. Um, yeah, we have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash badwolves. It's $10 a month. There's already 15 songs streaming currently, live streams. We Everybody goes on. The guys do guitar lessons or, you know, we're doing like, yeah, we do like challenges. John, like, he, he like tried to eat an entire, the entire menu of McDonald's and got sick. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that, yeah, that sounds like yeah. it gets sick. And, um, you know, and, and uh, it's, Everybody who's a part of the Patreon gets a uh, is a is going to be getting vouchers for a free meet and greet when we start touring again, which is you know. So it's like it's like a club, it's like a fan club. Cool. And uh, we got you know we have sober just came out as at number one. It, it, we had two weeks at number one, uh, so that's our fifth number one single. Um, we got a merch store, but you know it's it's like I'm not really good at selling things because I don't care like i also yeah. like i have like 10 jobs yeah so, well well, well, well i, I am so so everybody everybody needs to go and support you guys go to patreon uh i pay the ten dollars for for the premium thing because i love the covers man like i really love the reimagining of the songs uh i'm really hooked on uh last resort the way that you guys did last resort and uh i'm hooked on crimea river right this second i I really like uh, i really like that oh and hollywood's bleeding that's really good too so go support these guys go to patreon uh follow tommy vexed uh are you are you with first form or do you just like first form I am officially with I, I like them and then I I, I basically joined. Okay, so good, I, good, good. So, so so you know Andy and Sal and all those guys. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. good, good. Because I was going to hook you up if you talk, weren't. I was going to hook you up if you weren't. Andy talk every night about this. 
like yeah like researching like yo did you see this did you see that yeah yeah he'll write me he'll write me when he's really when he's really irritated about things and so uh all right man well look I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everything that you're doing. Uh, I appreciate just you, your story, where, where, where you've come from, your sobriety. Man, all of that stuff is, is amazing. Uh, a lot of people saw a very rare post from me the other day that I was dealing with something uh, mentally, and you were one of the few people to reach out. And me and you just recently kind of got connected with each other and, and i really appreciate that uh because it shows what kind of person you are and so uh i'd love to have you back on the show uh if okay. you ever get to the east coast uh let us know and we'll we'll show you around south carolina a little bit and uh you know take you well, out on the boat i'm playing a corporate party in august in orlando so okay yeah, yeah, man. Close. Just let me know, man. Just say, and and we'll figure it out. And when you do start touring again, I'm there. So uh, that's yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on, we'll man. Have to do a live broadcast from backstage. Yes, definitely gonna happen. Uh, and uh, we'll get the Facebook uh, mob supporting you guys too, and and we'll make some magic happen. I appreciate it, man. All right, well, brother. Thanks. All right, man. Will All you right. be blessed? All right. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Take care, man. Uh, All, right. All right, man. Later. Later. All right, so that's the end of my interview with Tommy Vex. I hope you guys enjoyed it like I did. As I said, didn't agree with everything he said, agreed with a good bit of what he said, but overall, solid dude. I I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I really enjoyed uh, getting to know him a little better. I like these kind of episodes. I like being able to just talk to people. But uh, if you're listening to this, that means that tomorrow... My book, America 316, goes live. I cannot believe that it is finally here. So you have one more day to get in on pre-order, and you can go right now to America316.com, and with the offer code AUDIO50, if you buy the hard book cover, you can get the audio book half off. So go to America316.com right now and type the code AUDIO50, get the hardcover, and then get the audiobook 50% off. That's it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, I'm Graham Allen, and we'll see you again next time.